Hi, this is Rabbi Ari Spiegler with the Bichu Kila Sharm podcast. We continue today with our discussion of Rina. Rina is the fifth language form or expression of Tefillah. Rina is a Tefillah of Shevach, a prayer of praise to Hashem, not just asking for what we need, but praising Hashem for all that He is, all that He has done, all that He can do, all that He will do, so on and so forth. Here in Ot Yudbet, in the twelfth part of our discussion of Rina, twelfth and final part of our discussion of Tefillah of Rina, we've been talking about uh, different ways to serve Hashem, or to give praise to Hashem, either through Shira or through Zimra. Shira are songs that have words, and Zimra are uh, songs that don't have words, what we call nigun, or uh, instrumentation. And we've been talking about the significance between those two different forms of praise. Here, Rav Pinkus writes, It is known, When we look at the letters in the Torah, so we know that there's three different elements of each uh, of those letters. You have number one, the actual form of the letter itself, along with the crowns that go on top of them. You then have the vowels, and granted, we don't write the vowels in the Torah, but we know that they are there. And then we uh, then we have the ta'amim, which are the notes that we have when we lane, when we chant the Torah. We know that there are certain uh, notes that we use in order to read the Torah properly. So those are the three different elements. You have the letters themselves with the crowns, you have the vowels, and then you have the ta'amim, the, the different notes that go on each and every letter, each and every word. So, Rabbinkus writes, So, the letters themselves are the most revealed part of the actual uh, words themselves, that which we can see with our eyes, those which are written down. The nikudot, the vowels, which we said aren't actually written in the Torah, but we know that they're there because we have to know how to actually pronounce the words. They, as if, animate each one of those letters, each one of those words. It gives them life. Sha'alidea nikudot, it's through those vowels, through the pronunciation, perush. Then we can understand what exactly it is that the words are trying to say. We know that there are certain words. If you look in the Torah, we don't necessarily know how to pronounce them, right? Let's say, chet lamed bet, it could be chalav, which is milk. It could be chalev, which means fats, right? So we have to know how to properly pronounce each and every word. Those nikudot are giving life. They're animating the letters. They're animating the words. But when we talk about the ta'amim, so sham hanistarot there in lie the secrets and let's say the reasons uh, behind the Torah. So what do we mean by that? So he says, If you think about the word ta'am itself, the ta'amim again are the notes. That's how we understood it. But the word ta'am actually has a number of different meanings. Omilashon sibao beor. It could mean a reason. Omilashon nigun. It could mean the notes that we use for singing. Omilashon mashachich to'emamachal. Or it could mean taste. So those are three different possibilities. It could be, like we said, a reason. It could be uh, a note. And it could be a... Uh, you know, taste. He says, if you think about all three of those, they are all sort of related. Let's say, for uh, example, a person sees some sort of food, let's say a cake. When a person looks at it, they know this is a cake. So they don't necessarily know everything about the cake. They don't know what the cake tastes like. They just know this is, or at least looks like, a cake. 
But when a person, he tastes the cake, right? And he, like we said, when he's looking at it, he doesn't necessarily know what the ingredients are. He doesn't know how it's going to taste. But when he tastes it, through his sense of taste, he knows he knows that there's flour in it. He knows that there's sugar in it. There's other different uh, types of ingredients. That tasting it gives me, sort of uh, in retrospect, it gives me a better idea as to what is inside of the cake. Seeing it gives me an idea that it is a cake, but not necessarily what's inside of it, right? Maybe I have a general idea, okay, I see that there's chocolate, I see that there's this on it, there's that on that, but I don't necessarily know everything that's inside of it. When I taste it, though, I get a better idea of what's going on inside. Says Rapinkus, Kane Ta'ame HaTorah. The same is true when it comes to the notes of the Torah. Like we said, the way we chant it, the way we lane it. Munach Bahem Ikar Sodot HaTorah. Built into them gives us an, uh, th- this idea of the inner secrets of the Torah. Vegamla Sagateno, and to whatever extent we can uh, appreciate it, Morim HaTa'amim Heichan Lafsik Veichan Ladgishet HaMilim Shabab Sukim. The Ta'amim give us a better idea of how to conjugate each and every sentence. Where is it that I need to put a point of emphasis? Where is it that I need to to pause, right? Where, where, which uh, syllable gets stressed, so on and so forth. That's all coming from the Ta'amim, from these notes. Shezo ha'hora'a lo rak al pshat ha'mila'atma. It's not just giving me the pshat, the basic understanding of the word that, let's say, maybe the nikudot, the vowels would. This is giving me something more. Elagam al ha'inyan kulo ma'mechavim ba'milim. It's giving me a better idea as to what this word, or perhaps the larger idea of this sentence is trying to teach me. So again, there's like an almost an additional value that I'm getting from the Tamim that I wouldn't necessarily get from the vowels or from the letters themselves. And that's why specifically when it comes to the Ta'amim, there has to be an element of nigun, of chanting, of singing. Shanigun, it's adding this tune to the reading of the Torah, who hargashat ha'omek a nigun, right? Having some sort of music accompanying the reading of the Torah, it's going to add an element of primiyut, of a, you know, looking more inward uh, for all of the entire sugyab all of that which it is that I am reading. So again, our focus right now, uh, sort of if we take a step back, is focusing on shira versus imra, singing with words versus singing without words. And what we're seeing is that even when it comes to the Torah, the adding the element of song to the reading of the Torah actually gives me a better understanding of what's going on inside of the Torah itself. From the letters, we get something. From the vowels, we get an additional layer. But a third layer is coming from the song. The song is giving me a better idea, just like when it comes to tasting something, it's giving me a better idea of what's going on inside, not only of the food, but actually of the words of Torah itself. We'll have to continue this idea tomorrow.